0: Hello and welcome to the Fit to Transform podcast, where you learn how to train and diet effectively and, most importantly, how to maintain those results for life, once and for all. I'm Nikias Tomasiello, a transgender training and nutrition coach working online with anyone who's ready for a true lifestyle transformation, anywhere they may be in the world. As a friendly reminder any and all information provided is for educational purposes only. You should consult with your doctor before implementing any changes to your diet and exercise program. With that disclaimer out of the way, thank you for being here. Now grab yourself a cup of tea or pre-workouts and enjoy. Yo, welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm interviewing my client Sam, who recently underwent top surgery which is the main reason why they started working with me they wanted to be in the best shape and in the best health position possible for this life changing operation and when we had our first consultation i deemed that they were a good candidate for body recomposition which is building muscle and losing body fat at the exact same time Although pretty much everyone would love to be able to do this, it is actually relatively uncommon to be able to accomplish this endeavor at the speed at which Sam and I were able to see results. So during the interview, I'm going to discuss the factors that made me believe they were indeed a good candidate and the protocol that I implemented to help them along. Whereas Sam shares their own side of the story, why they decided to hire a coach, why they came to me specifically, the mindset related challenges that they had and how together we were able to overcome them and achieve their goal and more. And without further ado, let's get into the interview. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, dear listeners. Today I have a special interview with my client, Sam. Sam, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi Nick, thank you for having me on.
0: It's going to be a pleasure and I hope very helpful to the audience. First of all, I'd like you to introduce yourself, like I ask all of my guests. So who are you? What do you do? And why are you so awesome at it?
1: (laughs) So my name is Sam um, and I am a support worker for young people who are at risk of homelessness. I am a psychology student and I am also a coachee with Fit to Transform.
0: Uh, that The last one is very, very important, but thank you for the introduction. So I think we are going to uh, weave your story together from two perspectives today, mine as your coach and your own as the coachee, of course. So let's start with, from the beginning, really. You contacted me a few months ago um, and uh, you wanted to get in shape for top surgery, so my first question would be when exactly and why did you decide to that you were going about this journey with a coach
1: Um so I think for me I'd been sort of dipping in and out of um of working out for a while um and it was probably my my gender journey that led me to to you because I had booked in my um my top surgery date with um Ioannis uh, Danos and so I started following him on Instagram and I follow lots of different sort of like um, uh, fitness content creators on, on Instagram as well and he had posted a link to a podcast that he did with you funnily enough um, and so I listened to the podcast and it was all about how to get fit for top surgery um and it was like it was like this little gift that i had not been looking for but uh but made total sense and i was like right okay so i'm working out i know what i'm looking for physique wise but also you know i have this really big important surgery coming up and you know this guy knows his stuff he knows how to get me there and so i started to follow you on instagram Um, And learned that pretty much everything that I was doing was in the gym currently was wrong um, and that I wasn't doing it well enough. Um, And I think when I first contacted you, I actually said one of the first things I noticed about that was different about your sort of content and everybody else's was that you were posting um, videos of you training and you were explaining what RPE you were at. And the faces that you were making in those videos weren't the faces that I was making when I was training, which let me know very early on that you know I wasn't going hard enough. And so I thought, wow, okay, if I've learned something straight away just from you know a first flick through your Instagram, I, there's a lot more than I could learn here. Um, and I wanted, to, so I wanted to get um, in the best shape I could for top surgery. And when I found you, I thought, yeah, I found the person that can help me get there definitely.
0: And you got in touch with me about 12 weeks before your top surgery date is that right
1: Yeah maybe even a little less than that, I think I think um I think we had 10 weeks altogether was it uh,
0: I think in from the consultation stage to the operation it would have been about 12 weeks but yeah. when we by the time we started the yeah it was about 10 weeks to uh the operation so of course we were in a bit of a time crunch Mm -hmm. and you said that you wanted to get in the best shape possible for the surgery what did that mean to you at that time what was the best shape what did it look
1: like so it looked like it was two sort of separate things so um first and foremost i wanted to be um as healthy as possible for um going into the operation of recovering from the operation um i'd never had surgery before so i wanted to be you know as fighting fit as i could be um and my body to be in the the best position it could be for that surgery but mm-hmm. also from an aesthetic point of view i know that you have better results if you have a more defined uh chest and in order to get that you need to be in the gym and working hard. So, So, yeah, um, it was it was from from an aesthetic um, perspective, but also from like a, a general sort of health perspective as well.
0: So I think it will be interesting if now we delve a little bit more into what it was that you were doing before working with me that you said you felt was all wrong by the time we spoke (laughs) so that we uh, can then transition into what it is that we changed to get better results for you. So maybe you started with training and you essentially said that you realized by following me that you weren't training hard enough. Mm -hmm. What other... Um, what was your training like? You said that you had been dipping in and out of it um, before starting coaching. But by the time you got to the consultation, what was your approach to training? Were you lifting at all? Uh, were you doing any cardio? Uh, what was it that you were doing when you came to me?
1: Um, what I was doing was just pretty sporadic. Um, so I was aiming to do five days a week um, in the gym because I mm-hmm. thought five is a good number um i was probably making three, four max so i was getting pretty down on myself that i w- was not able to achieve the goal that i'd set myself um sort of for a number of training days but then when i was in the gym i was do i was um i put together a sort of program for myself um just uh out of things that i'd learned um from previous uh, sort of encounters with small group training and um stuff that i'd seen on the internet um and so i was I was lifting, but I was doing multiple. So I had it was it was just all over the place. I was doing way too many exercises per body part. I was I was um, leaving the gym feeling completely exhausted. Um, I was eating and tracking my uh, sort of macros and my um, um, calories. But again, I, I wasn't measuring anything, so I didn't have anything to. To, sh- to show me if anything was working. So I was just sort of treading water and hoping for the best, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that i took away is that like, before you, I was, I was doing way too many exercises in one session um, and none of them particularly well.
0: I remember when I saw your program and um, after the consultation, you filled out the personal questionnaire that mm-hmm. I always ask all clients to fill out and you also sent me your program so i was looking over your program and i looked at what you said was uh um not so great about the program and you said that you didn't like training legs because you would be sore for days yeah. and uh, so you just wanted to do it once per week and so the fir- when i created your program and i i decided to ha- to make you train legs twice per week in two different sessions i i had to pa- i had to um Preface that in uh, the intro video that I sent to you, saying I know you didn't want to train legs like this often, but trust me, the amount of volume we'll be doing now is uh, is going to be a lot better for your recovery. So, as you said, my first approach to your new program was to reduce the number of exercises because we need, we needed to focus on more quality and less quantity. You're not the first person who does this when somebody really really cares about a goal and you obviously cared a lot about your goal they think that the more they do the better as you said you thought if i train five days a week that's over half of the week that's a good number if i do 25 exercises for my packs they are going to grow right without realizing that in uh, when it comes to fitness the body only has a certain amount of energy and recovery capacity when you overshoot your ability to recover by doing too much more is no longer better at that point more is going to be worse and you can stall and at worst you you even regress so what I did for you was I needed to strip back how much we were doing and we uh, needed to focus on doing it with adequate form and the right intensity of effort, which you took to as a, as a coaching approach really, really quickly. I was very impressed with how carefully you listened to my feedback. I also wanted to increase your confidence because when you came to me, you also mentioned that you were afraid of using barbells in the gym and you weren't really that confident stepping into the gym in the first place. Would you like to share a bit more about that, if that's okay with you?
1: Yeah, I th- I think you know, I've always found gyms to be really intimidating places. Um, and although um i think everybody when they first walk into a gym has a little anxiety about it um mine was was pretty huge and wasn't going away the more that that i frequented the gym and i think Mm -hmm. the majority of that anxiety came from not knowing what i was doing and feeling out of place there because of that and so i stuck to things that um that i was familiar with or that felt easier um which obviously isn 't a way to leave your comfort zone and progress and grow, so mm-hmm. and because i wasn 't progressing and growing, the anxiety wasn 't going away
0: that makes sense, and uh that 's why coaching is so important because you can 't really step out of your comfort zone if you are not confident that you know what you 're doing that 's what a coach does for you. It gives you that confidence you might not know what you're doing, but the coach does, so that 's where the collaboration comes in, and it was really um It was really fulfilling for me as your coach to see you go from doing just a couple of dumbbell and machine based exercises to actually taking on all of the cable based exercises and different dumbbell exercises you've never done before that I proposed to you. Mm -hmm. And just seeing how your confidence increased and you actually started telling me, hey, I love this Cable lateral raise that I wasn't doing before, and that's now your favorite exercise. So that was excellence it And you came from a combination of creating a plan that was actually realistic for you. So, as you said, you could never do five days a week. And the first thing I told you at the consultation stage was, realistically, can you do five days? And you said, no. And I said, then we're going to do three. Can you do that? And you were like, yeah, that's what I do anyway. And I was like, yeah, that's what we're going with because. Being able to accomplish the goal increases your confidence. And then that was so it was a combination of that plus gradual introduction of novelty. I didn't just throw a bunch of exercises at you and told you, "Okay, now go ahead and do it. I asked for feedback on the new exercises and only a number of them were completely new and something you've never done before. And um, when I say I ask for feedback, I ask for your videos of your technique so that I could give you feedback on them. And uh, with that, the exercise program came together and you started making a lot more progress than ever before, at least from my perspective. Mm -hmm. Now, on the nutrition side of things, you mentioned a little bit about the fact that you were already tracking your macros and calories. Why don't you explain what it was that you were trying to accomplish by tracking calories and macros?
1: So I think what, um, again, from looking at Instagram which is where I get all of my best information um I had decided that I fell into this skinny fat category and I needed to do a body recomp and from what I had seen what people were doing um was um adjusting like working out how many calories that they needed for maintenance um eating in a slight deficit and um tracking their uh, carbs proteins and fats, and so I thought, great, that's what I'll do and so I downloaded the um uh, tracking app and and I started um and I used to, like an online calculator to tell me um sort of what my maintenance calories might be um and I don't think I had thought for a second that this won't be exactly accurate. I just assumed, oh yeah online calculator brilliant that'll tell me the perfect amount of of, of numbers that I should be eating and so um I sort of went from there. But I've never been one for stepping on scales anyway, because I um, I think it's I, it just it doesn't work for me mindset wise. I don't think um, consistently weighing myself and being worried about it going up or down is not something that it, it attracts me at all. And so I'd not but then I'd not been measuring any. So I didn't have a start or, and then <laughs> to compare to. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I just eat the calories and then that will be fine and it'll work, um, but not actually had any tracking in place to see if I was making any progress or anything. And I think in one of our first sessions uh, or even on our initial call, um, you had said, oh, and how are you tracking that? And I just just blanked because it hadn't even occurred to me that maybe I would need to know if I was progressing or not.
0: Yeah, that was it. Was really funny uh, when you told me. So I have my fitness tracker. I calculated how many calories I should be eating. Fitbit is telling me this is how many calories I'm burning. So I'm removing about 300 from that, mm-hmm. uh, and so I'm eating 300 calories less than that. And and then I said, all right. And how much progress have you been making? And you were like, um, <laughs> I think I think my I, I, my clothes fit differently and I was like all right I I think we need to um uh, to change to introduce some aspect of tracking your progress there and um you were actually in an interesting position because you mentioned that you wanted to to do a body recomp so essentially replace existing body fat with muscle mass so not necessarily um Change your weight, but change the ratio of fat to muscle, and that's something that can be accomplished. But it's easier under certain circumstances. And what was interesting about you was that uh, you were you fell into the right category to accomplish that, which is unusual because these circumstances for body recomp are: you need to be new to the gym. The more of a beginner you are, the easier it is to lose fat and gain muscle at the same time which is essentially what a body recomp is or you need to have stopped training a while ago and come back after a prolonged layoff because essentially this puts you in a detrained position which is similar to a beginner position not the same because your gains come back faster but it still puts you in a place where you can accomplish body recomp Another. um factor could be your level of your existing level of body fat. So if somebody is overweight or has obesity, which was not your case, uh, but in that situation, you can build muscle and lose fat at the same time. And finally, certain hormonal circumstances. For example, when we spoke, you had been on testosterone therapy since January. So you were in a relatively, uh, you had been on testosterone or on tea is what I'm gonna say from now on because it's easier you had been on tea for only a few months so and I in my experience in the first few months the the fact that you're you're getting exogenous testosterone is going to help you build muscle at a faster rate than before so you have the potential to be able to lose fat also at the same time by being in a deficit yeah. but despite having all of these circumstances going for you to where because you had been inconsistent with training, you were still a beginner. And because your training was not as high quality as it could have been, you still fit the beginner category. And because of testosterone replacement therapy, you were in a great spot for body recomp. Um, It wasn't happening because the calories that you were eating were too close to your maintenance. And that wasn't any for any fault of your own. But like everybody does, you went to a calculator. So the first thing that we did was, first, I said, I want to see what it is that you're actually eating. So we went through a data collection week. And I wanted to see how many calories you were eating. And I asked you to weigh yourself. And as you said, you weren't in um, you went up for worrying about your weight. So, what I said was, you provide the data, which is your weights. And I also wanted pictures and measurements every week because I knew that just looking at your weight, because of the potential for body recomp, wasn't going to be enough data. Because if I only saw how much you weighed, that didn't tell me if you weren't losing fat or gaining muscle. And if they were happening at the same time and at a fast enough pace in both cases, or at the same pace, in both cases, the, the scale wasn't going to change. So I asked for that, but I told you, you provide the data, I worry about the data. That's not your job. And I've always explained to you all the reasons for body weight fluctuations, so that you would know and be prepared. And then I asked you to track your steps, uh, your cardio if you were doing any, which you weren't, and your the calories that you were eating and your macros. And it was apparent to me at that point that the deficit that you were trying to put yourself in was not large enough to actually make a change. But when I did prescribe a deficit that I believed would be sizable enough to make the change that you wanted to see, your experience was actually different than a lot of other people's in that since it was a body recomp, your your scale weight was 53 kilograms at the beginning and 53 kilograms at the end. And even though we've just said, I didn't want you to worry about your weight and I didn't want you, and you didn't want to worry about your weights. It's easy to say I'm making progress. If we're seeing the scale go down, if we want to lo- to lose body fat and the scale is going down, yay, that's progress. Mm-hmm. Now, if we want to gain muscle and the scale is going up, that's also progress. But that didn't happen for you. And it can be really hard to trust the process and stick to your coach's recommendations when you don't have such a tangible everyday occurrence, such as the scale moving in the direction that you want. So were you already trusting the process right from day one? And if not, how did you feel at the start? And how did you gain that trust in the process?
1: Um, I think... I'd already as soon as I made the decision to hire you, it didn't make any sense to me to hire somebody and then not listen or not trust in the process um and from 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 day one you made me feel very comfortable um and your knowledge is just next level like um I've not come across another person in in the in the fitness industry that has your level of dedication to knowing the latest science the latest this, like you're so well read in in this area that I just felt like. You're an encyclopedia of, of fitness knowledge, and I thought, you know, if I'm not going to listen to this guy, what what is the point? And I so, just want yeah. to
0: stop you there for a second, uh, listeners. I am not paying Sam for for this ad. I I promise, yeah. and I am also very much blushing on the call right now. But oh, thank you so true. much. It's,
1: ab- it's absolutely true. Like you you uh, you hone your craft continuously, and you're really passionate about what you do, and you're so well read like I say, it would be stupid of me to, to then go, all right, I'm going to pay you and, and ignore what you say. So, so yeah, I, um, I very, very quickly, um, felt very confident in, in the process. Um, you know, and I've seen the results that you've got with other people as well and they speak for themselves and so um, it was a combination of, you know, feeling very, very uh, confident in uh, in you and what you do and having seen what you've done for other people. But as well, at the same time, what was starting to happen for me was with the training that you'd given me, um, I was I was enjoying it. You know, it, it, training wasn't a chore anymore. I was hitting my three times a week. So I was growing in confidence and I was hitting goals. And that all made me feel really good. And so it what it became that it wasn't just about the end goal, I was enjoying this process, you know, um, the deficit that you, you had given to me was, um, uh, didn't feel, um, particularly difficult. Um, and, and that as well, like, uh, the newsletter that you sent out, I remember reading something in there about um, hunger levels and that, and it was so helpful to realize that actually every time I'm peckish and I could do with a snack, I'm not starving, you know? Um, and so there were all these sort of like little mindset changes happening and I was growing in confidence in the gym and I was enjoying the exercises that, um, that you had given me. And I was just, I felt confident and capable in ways outside of that, that weren't focused on the way that I looked on my aesthetic, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. And that's how by shifting the goal, by shifting your mindset from, I want to look a certain way at the end of these 12 weeks Mm -hmm. to, I want to gain confidence and feel the way I'm feeling every single day. And it doesn't matter what I look like in the end, I'll be happy. I know I'll be happy because of the way I'm feeling now. That's what helps you stick to your guns or my, or our guns rather the yeah. plan that we set together and not worry too much about the weight on the scale or the way you looked or whether you were losing centimeters or gaining centimeters is that right
1: yeah absolutely um it became more about um really letting go and enjoying the process and it being like the whole thing being a pleasurable experience rather than it just being you know i i need this now um the end goal
0: I completely understand that. Thank you for explaining. So at this point, we started uh, the our coaching experience. You were on the training program. You were super consistent with your step targets and your calories and macros, which are all the targets that I set for you. I gave you the training program. I set calories. I set macros. And I set you a step target. So we have started the progress and you process. And you are, as I said, very consistent. You're doing very, very well. And in order to check in, we decided to have weekly calls. Now, you're no longer pre-consultation. You are smack bang in the middle of the process. What do you feel were your biggest struggles in, with the coaching progress uh, process, practical and mental? And how do you feel that in the check-ins we were able to overcome them?
1: That is a big question. Um, So I think I think something that I had not thought that I had a problem with was was mindset. Um, And I think that came from a place of me thinking, right, okay, I've got a goal. I really want to achieve it. And I know that I'm going to do what I need to to get there. But it was little things like I remember there was one time I came to check in and you you asked me how I was doing. And I said, oh, I had a really crap workout today. And you said, what happened? And I said, "Well, I, you know, I started with my bench press, and I felt really weak, and um, you know, I couldn't lift as much as I did the previous session, and so that knocked my confidence, and then the rest of the session was was terrible." And you, you very bluntly just said to me, "Well, well, you've let that happen," and I was, uh, my instant reaction was like rude <laughs> but <laughs> quickly changed it well well, no that's absolutely correct like that's right and just that that one sentence just sort of pointed out to me that I had a choice there um you know I could let it ruin the rest of my session or I could just take it on the chin you know dust myself off and carry on and 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 do great work throughout the rest of it um so yeah the the mindset things that came up Um, I was not expecting and I, and I thought maybe my mindset was better than it was. So it's been really pleasant actually to see that, um, challenged and improved, um, over time. So the check-ins, um, I think they they were absolutely necessary to me because, um, and I, and I think when I went, when I came into this, I wanted to do the weekly check-ins because I wanted weekly accountability. Um, because I do have a tendency, um, and my training before had, had very much been right, I'll start it, I'll do it for a bit, and then I'll, you know, I'll things with my um my attention or my interest will wane and that's it, it'll just fall off. So the reason I wanted check-in was check-ins was more for sort of accountability. But um, but what actually ha- ended up happening was that you know, these these um these check-ins became a really important tool for keeping me on track, but also for helping me to learn more about myself and the way that I approach things and iron out any sort of creases before they become problematic. Um, But things that sort of came up in check-in were things like, uh, if I was having a meal out, how would I track that? And, you know, things that caused me sort of anxiety, we could sort of quash quite quickly um, which has been invaluable because if I'm, you know, if I'm existing with some kind of anxiety around my training or my diet, I'm not, you know, I'm less likely to succeed at it. So having those check-ins as a sort of, um, a place to go, a, a safe space, if you like, to explore, you know, anything that could potentially get in the way and making sure it doesn't has been really invaluable. Um, and yeah, I think, um, Things like meals out or um, social events and what, what have you can be really tricky to navigate, um, and because there's a fine line as well between becoming sort of obsessive with your um, with your training and eating plan, and you know the other side of that is, is falling off of it. So it, it's really helped me with balance and being able to achieve things realistically.
0: And that's great to hear you say that, because if you remember when we met at our consultation, I told you, I know for a fact, having spoken to you for the last 30 minutes, that you're going to do exactly everything I ask you to do. So my job as your coach is not going to be to uh, cheer you on and motivate you because you're going to do it. My job is going to be to help you feel good about the fact that you're doing it, because it was apparent to me that you were a very high achieving person, you are a very high achieving person like me. And uh, our character flaw is that um, perfection is expected <laughs> yep. and anything less than that is a cause for concern, which means yep. <laughs> that if we're doing everything to the letter, it's just common sense, it's just what we're meant to do. But if we make the tiniest mistake, oh, well, we messed up everything. We might as well. And in your case, as you said, you could, because of that, you would fall off the plan, so to speak, or stop following the plan because you felt so ashamed of yourself and like there was no point anymore. So it's great to hear you say this, you
1: know, again, it's all or nothing. It's like this black and white thinking of like, yes, it's either very, very good or it's awful,
0: you know. Exactly. So it was interesting that the two challenges that you've mentioned were all related to, in the end, come back to these uh, all or nothing mindset. For example, you just said the challenge of how to track a meal out uh, if there are no calories on the menu, for example. And we worked out a simple way and uh, the options, one of the options I gave you was even don't track it and make choices without tracking. And you were like, I cannot track calories.
1: I know. And it's so they're like that. I think that check-in for me was the most important one because I remember coming into that, that check-in and I was, just sounding sounded like an absolute crazy person because um, I said, Oh, I'm going for a meal out. So I'm going to email the restaurant and I'm going to ask them what the ingredients are, or if they've got any nutritional information. And you just very calmly went, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, and, and that's again another um another little mindset thing there was that my, my idea going in is that I do, I expect perfection of myself. And so in my head, right, I've committed to these, you know, this calorie deficit and in these macros. And so I can't deviate from that. Like that's not an option for me. I, it has to be perfect, I have to do this, and how am I gonna do that if this is in my way? And so that what 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 should have been you know a cause for celebration and something to look forward to became something that was the cause of anxiety mm-hmm. and so that particular check-in with you um, um was really important in having some gray area in my thinking and being flexible um and because what i've what i've learned through this as well is that you, th- this this idea of perfection or, or this idea of like getting it right every time isn't sustainable um, and had I not been able to have the flexibility that you've offered, which is still allowed me to hit my goals, um, then I wouldn't have succeeded at this, you know, um, because what well, eventually it would get too much and I'd go, you know, sod this, like I'm going to go and have a burger or whatever. And so, yeah, that flexibility and learning that perfection's not the aim and consistency is, was really, really important for me.
0: It's great that you said it, because when I say it, people go, yeah, of course, you're the coach, you're going to say it. But <laughs> if you say it, you know, you need, it, it, perfection was not sustainable, it's going to be so much more powerful for the listeners. And yeah. on that, what I hear you say is that you haven't been 100% consistent from day one, which you have been, but mm. you it hasn't happened for that reason, it hasn't happened because you were striving for perfection. It, you were able to be 100% consistent because we were not aiming for perfection. We were aiming for what was realistic.
1: Absolutely. It takes the pressure off, you know. Um, yeah, like it It develops habits that are consistent and that are achievable and manageable, but you're still able to, you know, live and go out for your meals with friends and socialize and, you know, do all the fun stuff too. It's um, and it's not just about um, you know, getting it right every time, it's about you know, doing it properly and doing it in a in a in a in a an achievable way, yeah.
0: Preach, imagine that being able to live and do fitness (laughs) at the
1: same time. (laughs) This is the thing, I think, this is where uh, where most people fall down on their fitness journeys as they you know. They, they think it's, it has to be like this military sort of precision of getting it correct every day, every time, every meal, every training session. And you know that, that will just burn you out. The pressure of that is too much to bear, you know. Yeah. go Fle- for flexibility. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm really glad that we found flexibility for you, because our consult I came away from our consultation, I actually told my partner about you, and I said, "That person is a soldier." I need to turn them into a person.
1: (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Well, you have. (laughs) Yay.
0: Because fitness is not a war. But unfortunately, that's how so many people, as you say, and including yourself before working with me, um, end up thinking about it because of these. Because, well, every suggestion on the Internet is very, very specific. You must eat 1500 calories, not 1499 or, or 1,501, but 1,500, you must train four days a week and do 10 reps uh, with for this exercise. Not 11, not nine, but 10. And and if you ask yourself why, you come up short. Yeah. But it sounds so compelling because it's so specific that we don't ask ourselves why. Yeah. And for example, uh, I remember in one of our check-ins, another thing that came up was that across the week, you, your caloric average every day had been within the range, not the individual number, the range, the caloric range I had given you. And yet you came to me and said, oh, you know, I wasn't doing great. Th- I didn't do great this week because some days were above my target. And I showed you the box on my spreadsheet that tracks the average for the week. And I was like, the average is within your target. It doesn't matter to me what happened on those two days when you were higher, because there were days when you were lower. So they all balanced each other out, and you were. And I saw your eyes <laughs> become as large as two saucers as you suddenly had this realization that you had you didn't need to eat the same to hit the same number every day
1: yeah but that, you know, it's another perfect example of my need for perfection is that you gave me a range and so instead of going oh okay I've got a range my brain went pick the number in the middle and aim for that <laughs> you know um which is again something that I've had to learn to let go of and in letting go of it I'm much more relaxed much less anxious and it's much more achievable
0: Absolutely. So by the end of this process, now we're getting close to the date of your surgery. And um, I told you that I intended on taking an approach called reverse dieting, which I actually covered in an episode that came out last week. So that will be um, that will be a nice segue From Mm -hmm. that episode. And I decided to reverse diet you back to maintenance. So essentially, instead of going straight to theoretical maintenance, we would increase your calories gradually every week until we were at maintenance the week before surgery for two reasons. One was a psychological reason. Uh, It was the first time that I was asking you to eat more uh, from the beginning of our journey. And you came to me already wanting to eat less because you wanted to be in a deficit Mm -hmm. and when you have been focused on fat loss and on getting leaner and growing muscle at the same time but by being in a deficit for such a long time it can be daunting to suddenly increase your calories. And you felt a little bit daunted about that, I got the impression. Um, so there was that psychological reason, but also from a, for a practical, there was a practical reason, which was because your weight wasn't changing and I was purely uh, basing my assessment on your pictures and your measurements, I wanted to take a slightly more c- careful approach to increasing your calories to make sure that everything was uh Running as it should in that we would hit your maintenance and not necessarily put you in a uh, caloric surplus that could have caused some mental distress for you at that point. Mm -hmm. So from your side of things, when we started increasing your calories, how did you find that transition from fat loss to reverse dieting and back to maintenance?
1: Um yeah I think in the beginning I was, it definitely did feel quite daunting um and because I was so happy with what we've been achieving um with the deficit um part of me was like oh let's carry on I don't want this to end this is great you know um but then you know um the the flip side of that was that I knew that this was something that was absolutely necessary um and I remember thinking at the time well you know even if I end up in a surplus and I put on some fat I know now that I can get rid of it (laughs) you know I know that I can do it and this is just at the minute a means to an end this is absolutely necessary for for where I'm at and for my surgery and so it wasn't you know without its um sort of scariness but again um I trusted you I believed in the process and I wanted to just get on with it and get it done um when we started reintroducing um sort of the, the additional calories over each day it was um yeah i mean it, it always feels good to eat more right <laughs> um but um there was a little sort of um psychological work that i had to do there to be like it's okay it's chill this is what you're supposed to be doing because it's different you know and anything different always, always comes with a a little um cautious warning with it for me um but yeah I just I I did it we did it it worked yeah
0: and so think, the goal was to so
1: sorry you continue No, it's, I think um when I obviously like sort of week on week where my you know my weight wasn't changing um and everything else um we sort of kept the same it, it it I became more and more confident so again like to, um seeing the the numbers stabilised um, was really helpful, and the um, you know get, again doing the check-ins weekly to to make sure that because I you know I, I'm I, I'm a person that needs feedback as well, and so those check-ins with you where you were going, yep, these numbers are great, everything is fine, you know I've got you. Um, and also the fact that the 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 check-ins are weekly means that if anything is off then it can be very quickly rectified and so mm-hmm. you know in in the in the scheme of things a week is a very short amount of time um so nothing massively drastic can can go wrong if that makes sense so yeah that mm-hmm. was comfort as well being able to have those check-ins at that time
0: yeah and uh, i expected that when we had that conversation about starting the reverse diet i expected that you would be thinking in the back of your head somewhere i'd like to carry on this is great i'm getting great results (laughs) however i also always kept in mind your original goal which was to be in the best health position possible Mm -hmm. for surgery and going into a major surgery in a deficit ain't the way to be in the best health position. I wanted you to have at least a few days, if not a whole week uh, at maintenance calories. And the timing... For that, depends on the person. For you, you didn't carry a lot of body fat. You got very, very lean for your surgery. So I wanted a longer time. So ideally a week or more of uh, not only reverse dieting, but maintenance calories. For somebody carrying a little bit more body fat, it could be fewer days because they have more of a buffer given by the body fat storage, which is stored energy at the end of the day. So that's why I said to you, the, the day that I started to prescribe to you the increase in calories, I said to you, I know that it's great to keep to continue getting leaner and seeing results week on week, but remember that the physique you have now, this lean physique, is only a means to an end. And that end is to get the best results possible from top surgery by having as much mass in your packs as possible and less body fat, which could be helpful. For, uh, for the surgeon to essentially find the muscle and sculpt the uh, the chest. But your body is fluid, it's an organism, it's not a sculpture. So just like we got to this position, there are going to be other phases in your body and that is going to shape your body differently. And we also can are and are going to improve upon this shape that you've achieved and I think that that was quite a uh, an important conversation for you how did you experience it
1: um yeah no it was it was very important um to realize that you know I think it's easy to get into your head that okay when I reach my goal this is my final form and that that's it bodies don't change any further but that's not correct you know um even if you do get to sort of a, a physique that you that you want to sort of stick with you've got it's still got to put the work in you know and you're still going to have you know different sort of fluctuations with i don't know water retention or whatever like it's never going to be a static thing and so and but also the conversation with you at that point made me realize well yeah actually this isn't my end goal so why am i so you know uptight about holding on to it um and so it was important for me to have that conversation with you to see that yeah actually this is a necessary process um you know my body's going to go through these huge changes and I probably need to treat it with some kindness and compassion um and do what's right for myself but also at that point I think I said to you in that session as well um I went okay that's great because I want to bulk after this like the after after this I just want to get massive so so yeah um you've you've it, it all of it in the end you know food is fuel isn't it it's gonna get me towards my goals so let's eat more let's you know take the like take the punches you know you don't get the good stuff without the rough stuff so so yeah it was a really important conversation and one that led me to realize what I wanted to do next as well. So that was super important.
0: And, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it made me so happy when you told me, you know, when we started working together, I wouldn't have had any confidence. You told me I was afraid of bulking mm. uh, because I was afraid of putting on a lot of body fat and becoming unhealthy. And then uh, that changed completely. Um by the time we had that conversation before surgery, when you said, you know, I, I feel like after the surgery, I'll be ready to bulk once I'm recovered. what? Why did you decide that that was what you wanted to do next? What made you change your mind from being afraid of it to actually wanting to do it?
1: So I've always, always, always wanted a muscular physique and I've always been scared to do what's necessary to get there because like you just said, like I am I don't want to put on body fat. Um, and the reason I don't want to put on body fat is because I've always thought because it's super hard to lose because all, like you constantly hear and see of people that are wanting to lose body weight that struggle with it or sorry mm-hmm. that wanted to want to lose fat and struggle with it, and so I just thought, well, why would I be any different? And so what cha- what changed my mindset there was the fact that i just spent um, you know X amount of weeks. Losing body fat and it wasn't uncomfortable. It wasn't um, you know, anything extremely difficult. It was something that I've managed to do consistently and I'd seen the results and it had worked. So in my mind, I was like, actually, if I bulk then, even if I do put on some fluff, I can lose that really easily. You know, this hasn't been a painstaking process that this this hasn't been unachievable. I've done it. I know I I know I can do it. If I want to lose body fat, I can lose body fat um and so yeah that uh, it it made it made it achievable for me
0: thank you so much for explaining that that was so well said and that i could not agree more and again that's the 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 great benefit of coaching you do it with somebody that you trust and you see for yourself, because I could have told you at the beginning, you know, if you you had you didn't share with me your fears about bulking then when we had the consultation. But if I had told you, oh, don't worry, once you lose body fat, you learn how you can do it again, uh, you would have you would you would you would have still worried because ultimately we need to try things out for ourselves and. Sometimes, as I said earlier, the only way we're going to push ourselves out of our comfort zone and do it is if somebody else we trust is guiding us. And that's what I think was really powerful in this journey, that you put so much trust in me and stuck to it every single day. And um, you not only stuck to the deficit, you stuck to the reverse diet and you then stuck to maintenance. And not only that, now we are a few days before surgery and I gave you an unexpected Suggestion, which was I don't want you to track your calories the last three days before surgery, and I don't want you to track your calories after surgery. And I explained to you that it was because um, surgery, the post surgery phase is a very dynamic process in which, yes, you're more sedentary, but your body is also healing. So you actually need more calories than you would when you're normally sedentary and you're not healing, which makes estimating your caloric intake. An absolute, uh, basically, I told you, I think I told you straight up, if I were to give you a calorie target, it would be a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. So I said to you, let's not track. Let's rely on your hunger and fullness cues. Let's keep the same structure that you've always had for your meals and your snacks. And let's keep the similar Uh, similar foods to what you've always been eating with some changes in the phase immediately after surgery. When I said, I just want you to eat whatever you can stomach in Mm -hmm. whatever quantities feel good for your body. But after that initial phase, I said, let's go back to a structure that you're familiar with in terms of quantity of meals and snacks and diet quality. Now, how did you take that suggestion at first? And how did you find going from tracking to not tracking?
1: So when you first said let's stop tracking, I must admit there was a lot of internal screaming. (laughs) 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 Well, I've been doing it for so long that, and I just, um, I don't know. I think in my head, I had just thought that I track food now. That's what I do. Like, and this is what's necessary. Like now, I'm on this sort of fitness journey um and so it was the last thing I had expected to hear I think and I because I think I've been saying to you in it like this the sort of check-ins before as well like what happened you know what we're we doing nutrition wise after surgery what we're we doing nutrition and you've really played your, your cards very close to your chest and so was, it's was going to be this elaborate sort of like you know eat this eat that it's going to be a lot more regiment and then for you just to to do the opposite of that I was like, oh. What? (laughs) Um, but you explained it very, um, you know, very well to me. Um, and I think, um, one of the things that you said that really stuck with me was that you don't want to track forever. You know, it's not, um, it's not pleasurable to track forever. It's a, you know, it's a pain in the ass to, you know, weigh out and, and, um, write down every, um, every little thing that, that passes your lips for from now until eternity. Um, but when like the process of tracking so far has, um, you know, has given you an idea of what what things look like on your plate as well. So you want to be able to at some point go, all right, I need 30 grams of protein. Oh, this is what that looks like, because I've tried, you know, I've tracked that before and I know now that this is what that looks like. And so that um, was um, was quite a cool little journey for um for when we stopped tracking, to be like, oh yeah, okay, right, I'm going to eat what I want, but then looking at it and th- and feeling like, oh, I I can kind of guess what that is anyway afterwards. So, um, so yeah, it was cool to to see that actually I've learned something from tracking. You know, I've learned to sort of visualise now what, um, and I, I, I'm you know I'm not under no pretences that I'm getting it um completely accurate, but I know roughly what is a good amount of of sort of carbs, fats, and protein on my plate. Um, which is really cool, actually. Yeah, and it's great that just like everything else,
0: you were a little bit worried about it, but you still stuck to it to the best of your abilities. And now you're almost a month after surgery and we tracked your intake for four days in the end just to see where you were at. And then you told me that there was starting to be a little bit of excessive preoccupation with food because Mm -hmm. you're more sedentary now, because you're recovering um, and because you had to reintroduce tracking calories. And I said, what you're eating right now has not changed, whether we're tracking or not tracking. We are accomplishing the goal of healing from surgery and maintaining your weight where it's at. So I said to you, you've tracked four days. I have an idea of where your calories are falling at the moment. You're maintaining. Go back to not tracking. And now Essentially, you've been not tracking calories after several months of doing it consistently for three weeks and three days, and the world is still intact and <laughs> how are you feeling after so after now that we're in this phase of recovery
1: yeah, I think um you know i I don't know like i i i've I think part of me as well thought the not tracking would mean that i would go out and eat what i want which is what it what has happened but i thought that maybe having that license to eat what i want might send me on some kind of you know pizza and mcdonald's expedition or something um and i don't know why i thought that because that's not the way that i eat anyway um so yeah so like where i'm at now is that i'm eating what i would normally eat i'm just not writing it down um so i still eat you know highly nutritious good quality food um and I enjoy my snacks um and definitely after surgery I've got a bit bit more of a sweet tooth um but yeah I'm I feel at ease with not tracking now um yeah and I can understand now as well that if um like especially for right now where i'm in this sort of healing phase it's really important to listen to to what my body wants and and respond accordingly um and i think tracking is great if i'm you know needing to make sure i eat more or needing to make sure i eat less but right now i'm not there you know um i know i know what is working for me and um i feel confident in sticking with it
0: And let me know if uh, I am wrong, but I suspect that the reason why you didn't use the unconditional permission to eat anything without tracking it as unconditional permission to eat until you were stuffed and bloated and feeling really sick, because the process so far has always been sustainable, because what you're eating right now is something that you enjoy. So you don't need to go out and eat something completely different because you're already enjoying what you're eating. So why would you change?
1: Absolutely. So there's, you know, there's no restrictions on what I was, what I like to eat anyway. So, yeah. That's fantastic.
0: So thank you very much for, uh, taking me and the audience through your own journey for answering all of my questions. Now, we know that what's next for you is as soon as you're recovered and I get you back into the gym, we'll be working towards getting massive, as you said. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be hench. If there's one final thing that maybe, you know, one of the most important takeaways that you got from coaching so far that you want to share with
1: everyone, what would it be? And be prepared that you're going to learn more about yourself than you thought you did, especially when it comes to mindset. Because, like I say, I, I walked into this thinking, "Yeah, I know what I want. I'm going to go get it. Everything is great. My mindset's perfect." And learned very quickly that um, I'm quite neurotic, <laughs> um, and my anxieties are, um, or more more prevalent than I thought they were. Um, but what I've also learned is that. Um, through consistency and check-ins you can quash those anxieties really quickly and it's a much better place to exist and it's much easier to achieve the goals that you've set out for yourself you know if you're feeling good about it
0: thank you so much sam that was so beautifully said what I want to do uh, when I write the show notes for this episode is I am going to post a link to the Instagram post where I shared your incredible physique transformation so that everybody can take a look at all the hard work that you've done so far. And then if you are comfortable with it, if somebody wanted to get in touch and talk to you a little bit about your experience with working towards top surgery, the surgery itself or anything related to what we talked about today, you don't have to. But would you like to share a place where people can reach out to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um either um via Instagram or by um email I'm happy to um, answer any questions anyone might have
0: so what would be your ig uh,
1: so it's saxon bailey 87 so it's
0: S-A-X-O-N-B-A-I-L-E-Y. Mm-hmm. n mhm b a i l e y excellent 87 perfect so saxon bailey 87 yeah and what would be your email address
1: uh, so it's sam bailey they, them, at gmail.com.
0: Perfect, and I will add everything to the show notes, so that if somebody wants to get in touch, you are very generous, obviously, um, with your time and also I really with like your. great you are! <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, and again, thank you for your generosity with your time today, but also with wanting to share your experience with others. And uh, with that, dear listeners, thank you as always for tuning in, and I shall. Lastly, if you want to support the podcast and help me reach more people, please leave a five star rating or review on any podcast platform that you're using. Thank you very much for listening and I'll speak to you soon.